I don't know about you guys, but I got my got my wine glass here. Just want to briefly introduce Stephanie, and then we just get right into it. Stephanie is one of the best damn recruiters that I've ever worked with. Um, she's gotten me really two jobs, right? So the Seven Eleven and and my current one, the Worldwide Express job. Um, very attentive. I mean, she responds back to you the same day. Uh, if not, it's in 24 hours. I mean, she's just amazing. So um, everybody, welcome, Stephanie. And um, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. No, I really appreciate you reaching out and allowing me to do this. Um, I'll have to say Everett was one of my first UX placements. And I mean, honestly, I fell in love with his work initially. And again, he's just so talented and always like the passion when he spoke about it. Um, I've kind of gravitated towards the skill set ever since. And I mean, I've learned a ton from him and it's always been such a pleasure working with him as well. Thank you. Thank you. Really quick. I just want my students to kind of introduce themselves a little bit uh, for Courtney and Eon. When you guys speak, just give your reason why you joined and then kick off with a um, Q&A. That's okay. Perfect. Cool. Zach, you mind kicking us off? Sure. Um, hi, my name is Zach. Um, I've, I've been in the IT kind of career field for a long time. Used to be in music, taught music. And, uh, when I kind of came across USD, I had some friends who like, fell in love with it and, you know, it changed their lives forever. So when I first spoke up with Everett, you know, I told, found like a lot of passion, a lot of dedication to it, just like when I was hearing from my friends. So I knew it was true and I really wanted to do it at that mm -hmm. point. And yeah, I'm just trying to change my life and Perfect. good way. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So he has a friend who took my program um, a while back. She currently works at RealPage now. Uh -huh. um, so that's how I got connected with Zach. Yeah. Cool. Um, Eon? Um, how you doing? Um, I'm Eon. Um, so I met Everett in 2018 through a mutual friend. Um, and we just started talking um, about career and talked about UX. Um, and I've always been, a, I've always considered myself a creative. I uh, dabbed in, um, you know, just visual design uh, when I was in college and whatnot. And when I was talking to Ev, he just made it sound so like, you know, it's, it could be something that you like really enjoy doing. So um, with my job now, um, I, I'm not really a fan of it. It's, it's okay. It pays the bills. But I'm not like, I don't really enjoy my work. So I think that was the biggest aspect. That was the most attractive point that everyone was talking about. Um, just how you can truly enjoy your work. Um, you can be openly creative, have creative freedom over a ton of your work, um, and then get paid very handsomely. So, um, yeah, that's why I <laughs> got into yours. Got you. Cool. Thank you. Um, uh, Courtney? Yeah, um, so Eon actually was the person who exposed me to the world of UX. I was blind to it before. And I mean, um, I wouldn't say that I'm absolutely like hating my job, but I realized that if I were able to master the skill set of UX, I'm sure it can open up a plethora of other opportunities for me. Um, and just my favorite saying is like, I feel like the world's going to be taken over by robots and I'd rather be on the side that's building the robots. <laughs> so um, I, I felt like UX would just be a great way to kind of venture off into the tech world. So Stephanie, if you don't mind, what is your actual title or role how'd you land into it and how do you feel about it yeah so um my actual title is talent um actually i think i just hit a new milestone so i was a talent yeah. associate now i think i'm a talent manager okay okay um, so ultimately i'm a recruiter um prior to actually going back to school a few years ago um 
I worked in like healthcare recruiting and it's very basic. It was, I would find a resume, I would flip it to an actual like real recruiter. I was almost a sorcerer at that point, but I'd kind of like gotten exposure to what like this world and contracting really, you know, kind of was. Mm-hmm. Um, when my son was born, I actually went back to school, did the whole like stay at home mom slash student at that point, got my degree in HR. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately when I started looking, um, K-Force, K-Force is a national staffing firm. So mm-hmm. a huge, huge recruiting, recruiting firm for IT specifically, as well as like finance and accounting. Mm-hmm. Um, they found me on LinkedIn like two months prior to my graduation. And I mean, brought me on board and interviewed and literally held my job for like eight weeks until I graduated. So mm. I honestly never um, <laughs> applied for another job. And uh, it was amazing. I couldn't have asked for like a better process. Um, But I mean, I started and honestly, for me, tech was just so overwhelming. I remember sitting there like the first month or two and I'm like, oh my God, this is not going to work. Like I'm going to have to like really reevaluate things right now. Like Mm -hmm. you said, it it paid the bills that, you know, it was what it was. And then it was just like, you know, pretty early on from there something just kind of clicked. I think Everett was probably my third or fourth placement. Mm -hmm. And it was like, at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm understanding tech. I'm understanding the language. I'm getting, you know, connected to good people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, I mean, honestly, one of um, our partners with AT&T, and again, you probably remember Matthew Wog because he he set on, you know, a couple of our preps and, you know, he was the UX guru in our office. And I mean, I honestly said, you know, every time I would look at a portfolio and I was like, Hey, you know, can mm-hmm. you look at this with me? It was like, yeah, I think I like this, but tell me if I'm like going right. down the hot steps. So, I mean, from there, I mean, ultimately he was dedicated to AT&T. So I had really the UX space to own within mm-hmm. K-Force. Um, there's probably 14 or 15 recruiters in our Dallas office. Mm-hmm. And ultimately we've all kind of like gravitated and really learned a skill set that we really enjoy. Okay. Uh, you know, clearly we, we work whatever's, you know, open and on the board, mm-hmm. but on the same sense, like if there's a UX role, I'm going to work it. Gotcha. If, you know, a QA role. So, and you know, so-and-so else is going to work it. We really have our own skill sets and, you know, it really does allow us to make connections like this, um, mm-hmm. really be a resource to networks. Um, mm-hmm. Again, Everett's, you know, referred several great people over to me and, you know, always, I don't have positions. Um, mm-hmm. I will tell you, you know, that's kind of the ebb and flow within, you know, tech in general, mm-hmm. as well as just the job market. Um, but kind of part of my process is really making the connections with or without open jobs. Mm-hmm. So that when we do get jobs, I know exactly who to call when we're ready. So you said something that was really critical when you said the ebb and flow of hiring within tech. Can you explain what sort of factors contribute to that? Is it more or less uh, like, is it a certain time of month where activity is really high or really low? Like, can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll say, you know, again, I've been with K-Force for nearly two years at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, UX is one, and it's it's really funny with UX specifically. I feel Mm -hmm. like I have three or four jobs to work all at once or I'll go a month or two with none. And I don't Mm -hmm. know why that is. I have no like rhyme or reason to that. Yeah. But I think just like tech in general, um, the good thing about like the Dallas market specifically, we are in negative unemployment. Mm. Um, Well, again, prior to COVID. um, Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure that's impacted it at this point. But, you know, we really do when we're looking for talented people. Mm -hmm there's not a surplus of really talented individuals. So again, when I connected with Everett, initially you were at rule page and like, 
Hey, you know, I saw this, you know, I think you're really talented. Do you want to have a conversation? Mm-hmm. And again, some people are open to that. Some people aren't. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you know, just changing people's, you know, you know, outlook on, you know, what again, careers can be or what new challenges they are looking for. Right. Um, I'll also say kind of just within like general working kind of scenarios, mm-hmm. first and second quarter are generally always our most, um, profitable quarters as well as like Mm -hmm. there's just more hires going on Mm -hmm. and that ultimately stems from you know new projects are getting kicked off new budgets are approved the first of the year you know um fourth quarter that's that's a shot in the dark you know we've had really productive fourth quarters we've also had you know basically the month of December off yeah you were all working it's more or less like connecting with your people and you know chatting about holiday plans and again just staying connected like relationships are you know three-fourths of our business um so i would think that's kind of plays into the ebb and the flow thing got you got you well anybody uh want to fire off a question because i got plenty (laughs) yeah so i'm just curious what's the longest that it's ever taking you to get a designer a job Okay, and that comes back to the clients. Now, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, um, and probably Everett can speak to this <laughs> um, a little bit specifically, but I mean, we have some clients where it's like, oh my gosh, we needed this person yesterday, last week. Mm-hmm. We're going to see someone good, and you know, we don't need to interview five other people to compare them. You know, we're going to pull the trigger once we see them, you know, and we like them, we're going to go. So I've had some move as quick as a week. I've had, you know, again, people get a portfolio over with the resume. We also kind of go a step above and, you know, send what we call a sizzle. Um, so again, why we like this person, why we think they would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, you know, again, they'll see a profile, they'll see the, you know, kind of package, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, we, we think this person looks good too. Let's set up a phone interview. Let's set up the face to face. I mean, we've had some things move as quick as a week, but yeah. then again, we could also, go back and say, you know, Hey, well, we, we think we need this person. We're waiting on HR to approve budgets or finance, but let's start seeing people. We've got some clients that notoriously, like we really like this person, but we want to see someone to compare them to. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, honestly, it really just depends on the client, their project, their timeline. Again, if they're already behind, they're a little bit generally more motivated to hire quickly. Um, Again, I think how many how many rounds did you go in for worldwide? For worldwide, four? it was about yeah, it was about three yeah. or four. Yeah, yeah, and I think and granted, part of that. <laughs> yeah, and and granted, you know, Everett was going into a position where he was going to get you know some leadership, mm-hmm. and they're really trying to make sure it was the right fit because it was going to be a contract to hire. Mm-hmm. Pure contracts are generally a little easier to get into because ultimately they're like, well, if we don't like them, we'll just release them or. Again, the project's done in six months regardless. We need the work done now, so let's let's move on it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, patience is always, yeah. you know, again, and yeah. from my standpoint, like when you are working with recruiters specifically, you need to work with someone that is going to keep you up to date on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest complaints I hear from other people where it's like, well, you know, I, I think I applied for this job, but I never heard back. Right. You know, be able to work with someone that ultimately, you know, even if, you know, the person doesn't want to interview you or they don't like your profile for whatever reason, at least gives you that feedback, gives you, Mm -hmm. you know, they're moving forward with someone else for whatever reason, but just not leaving you in the dark because that's, that's frustrating. Again, that makes the search even worse. Perfect. Zach, Courtney, good right now? Um, No, I have a question. Oh, did you want to go, Zach? No, no, you're good, you're good. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I have a question. Uh, so what have been the, the, I guess, on your stronger candidates who normally that you've seen have gotten hired, what have been like their strongest traits? Has it been like them having a portfolio? Has it been their experience? I mean, I'm sure every company is different, but um, in your experience of hiring people, what have been some of their like strong traits yeah. that they've had? That's a great question. And honestly, I would say the biggest piece of it goes to portfolio. Having a strong portfolio is going to be by hands your biggest asset. Um, again, y'all coming, you know, into this, you know, spectrum, you're not going to have a three page resume of companies that you've worked for. But mm -hmm. if you can have really strong projects, even whether it be in a corporate level or just like internships or just even freelance things that mm -hmm. you've done on the side because it's fun having a strong portfolio is going to be key. Um, and when I say strong, uh, I'm elaborate on that a little bit. Um, when mm -hmm. I look at a portfolio and I look at a lot mm -hmm. and trust me, I don't call people that I don't like their portfolio. Right. <laughs> I want to see the process. I want to see, here's what the problem was, you know, here, here's what this company had an issue with. Mm -hmm. This is where, you know, again, the research started. Here's where some of our findings, um, you know, and then again, we've, we've walked into prototyping, we've walked into wireframing, mm -hmm. we've walked into all of these different mock-ups and then ultimately the end products. If I look at a portfolio and literally just see an end pretty picture, it mm -hmm. nothing to me. It absolutely tells me nothing. Um, I could have went and copied and pasted off of Google and gotten exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> so I want the story behind how you got there. Um, mm -hmm. And again, I've had, I just placed, she was very junior. She had um, no experience in a corporate environment, but she had went, um, what is the one? It's up in Utah. Um, it's spacing me right now. Yeah. Similar to this, like a scenario where again, they go and do a summit or again, mm -hmm. like a UX like course. Um, and again, she just had a stellar portfolio, mm -hmm. um, great communication skills, was really able to like tell you about why she picked things. And again, we got her in when they were asking for a senior, um, mm -hmm. you know, again, we talked to them down to a mid and then mm -hmm. ultimately her portfolio was strong enough to get her in that mid without any prior. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. That's dope. Yeah. So again, the biggest thing I could tell you is portfolio. spend the time on your portfolio. Great question, Courtney. I actually had that one down myself. It was, what's the skill set that companies place a higher premium on? Um, is it more or less the output of the work or the deliverables? Is it more of the soft skills? Is it more of being able to facilitate? What skill set do you feel like companies place a higher premium on? I mean, I kind of feel like it's a combination of all. I mean, okay. I've talked to some people that again, like per their portfolio, I was so excited to talk to them. And then it was like, when I talked to them, it was like, well, tell me about this, you know, yeah. tell me about the one project on your portfolio that you're most excited about. And it was like, well, you know, I did this and you know, mm -hmm. I kind of oh, thought it that way. And yeah. it was like, okay, well, I like, yeah. I can't, I ultimately, I know what our clients need and want, and mm -hmm. that's part of our process. And that's really part of like what Kforce brings to the table is we have on the account manager side built really strong relationships. So we have facilitated and know what they're looking for. And again, if, if communication is not there, I don't care what your portfolio looks like. If you can't tell me about it or speak to it or really, you know, mm -hmm. go into it, like, it means nothing. So, I mean, ultimately I think a lot of it is the work itself, but it's also being able to explain it and like conversate about it. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Um, Zach, did you have a question there? I, I've kind of worked with contract before. That's how I kind of got my current job that I'm with. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like the job already wanted me. They I, they just had to put me through contracted. So I was kind of, I, I mean, I've always kind of had like a job, normal job interview where I've just, I've had the job, I've gotten it and then gone from there. So I've always worked full time. So mm-hmm. contract is definitely a newer idea, especially when I came into the course freelance, mm-hmm. you know, when everyone just started talking about that a lot, I was just like, man, that reminds me back in college when I would play gigs at a bar, yeah, food or maybe a little bit of money. Gotcha. <laughs> so I'm, just kinda, I, I, I'm still very new to it and still trying to learn a lot about it. Uh-huh. And so like my biggest question is for people that you work with or you talk with, do you see a lot of like, you know, they kind of go from like contract to contract or you see a lot more like of them getting contract and working full time for another company? And I'll tell you kind of tech in general, um, has mm-hmm. kind of really worked a lot in contracts. Um, now again, and it, it varies so much. Like we have some like companies where it's like, it's really kind of back ass words, but it's like, mm-hmm. we want to hire a contractor, but we don't want to see a resume where they've got 20 jobs in the last five years. Well, right. like, okay, well, you're giving them that six months contract. Exactly. So you're going to fault them for having the last, you know, three years of their career being contracts. Right. So I will say a lot of our, I mean, specifically UX, most of them that I've worked recently have all been contract to hire. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of a nice piece that K-Force does and as well as a lot of recruiting firms. But mm-hmm. depending on the need, the client will say, Hey, we're, you know, we're launching a new website. We, facilitate you know this taking 12 months so we need someone for 12 months after that we're done mm-hmm. but we have a lot of clients it's like hey we have this project and what we want to do is as long as these people are good and valuable and you know they came in and they've done their work and it's been a match we want to at some point convert them to our own employee um, generally okay. speaking a lot of our clients um, again with k-force and our contracting pro- um, like contracts mm-hmm. um, they typically after six months again the company has fully way to continue keeping them as a contractor or to convert them to an, a full-time employee okay. now um, I will tell you as you start you know really searching for jobs very valuable to to have several recruiters you know um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you you know k-force as a whole does not have every single client in the DFW as you know jobs so again finding several different recruiters that you feel comfortable with that again going back to you know giving you feedback and again keeping you in the loop really vital um, and then again just really figuring out what their process is um, k-force gotcha. as a whole since we are a larger staffing firm, um, even during contracts, you know, a lot of people are confused about what contracts mean. Mm-hmm. Um, with us, basically, you work for K-Force. You sit on K-Force's W-2. We take care of your taxes. We give you the ability to have insurance. Mm-hmm. And then basically, we just do on assignment with our client. Mm-hmm. Now, again, a lot of other recruiting firms, depending, you may be a 1099 employee. So then again, you're managing your own you know, taxes, you're managing, you know, getting insurance on your own behalf, things like that. So depending on like what you need for you or your family, like definitely mm-hmm. ask those questions initially too, to figure out, even if it is a contract, how all those other things play in the. Got you. That's, that's a really good key, good key right there to understand that. When I first got into the contract game, people were talking about, yeah, you don't get insurance. They don't get insurance. That was like the, the common like misconception yeah. that I heard. And when you called me and you told me, uh, no, you get insurance. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. So it's very, very key to do your own research, not listen to every, exactly. any and everybody. 
But I do have a question for you. Can you highlight some of the biggest mistakes a designer makes during the recruiting slash hiring process that you've that seen? That was my next question. Yeah. So again, I think a lot of times, again, you've got your portfolio. I don't know on your side, like how often you maintain things, right. you know, again, I always try to at least preference our initial conversation because again, when you connect with a recruiter like myself, I want to walk you, you know, through your resume. I want you to walk me through your portfolio. I'm going to ask specific questions about it. Mm -hmm. So same thing when you get to an interview stage, everything is free game. If it's on your resume, if it's in your portfolio, you need to be able to speak to it. Mm -hmm. um, again, even if it was a project five years ago when you were in college, like, or whatever the case, um, if it's on there, it's free game. And I think that's probably, um, people come prepped or prepared for mm -hmm. interviews, but they don't really take the time to like revisit different scenarios that they've, you know, worked yeah. on so long ago. They're, they're prepared. Well, I'm going to tell you about my latest projects. Yeah. The hiring manager might want to know about your first project. You yeah. Know, one that you're most proud of, the one that you feel like needed the most work. Mm -hmm. um, it's not always the, the positives. They want to also hear, you know, well, you know, th this is the one that's on my portfolio, but like looking back at it, you know, ultimately I could have done X, Y, and Z better. You know, I've learned this through this project, things like that. Gotcha. I have a question. Um, can you explain, well, I guess from a recruiter's perspective um, with COVID and everything that's going on, how do you foresee uh, tech in terms of like UX? Do you feel like, after COVID is kind of a little bit more handled or I don't know what's to come out of COVID. So let me not speak on that, but, um, a theory, I'll tell you. <laughs> what'd you say? I said, I have a theory. I'll tell you. Oh, see, that's a whole other conversation. Cause then we'll start going back and forth. If your theory is not correct. I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> but, um, yeah. no, I guess I'm just trying to understand after this COVID situation is, is done. And for us to have, you know, once this apprenticeship is finished, um, what do you foresee the, IT industry like looking like? Do you think that it's going to be fairly, you know, like we're going to have an easier time to get jobs considering like how the shift is going to happen? Like, I don't know. Do you understand my question? I do. I do. Um, okay. okay. I do think, okay. So here's my theory. Mm -hmm. So ultimately over the last couple of months, we've been remote and working from home for eight weeks. Yep. So we did have a lot of our clients, um, you know, we worked with Southwest Airlines. We let go of all of their contractors. Um, one of my clients that I did have a UX person on, um, mm -hmm. their headquarters was in Paris. So they let go of all of their contractors. Um, as things return, I think UX probably took a larger hit than some kind of pieces of the IT puzzle, just mm -hmm. because I kind of compare it to like training, mm -hmm. like in, in an HR world, Mm -hmm. If you're going to go have a downfall, what's the first thing that's going to be cut? It's going to be training. They're just mm -hmm. trying to keep their head above water. We're not trying to improve things. We're not trying mm -hmm. to like, you know, pay people to like help whatever function. Mm -hmm. Kind of same scenario. UX is still really a division of IT that a lot of companies, still so many companies that haven't like contributed it to the extent that it needs. Mm -hmm. So there's still going to be those companies growing. I think there's a lot of companies that during this, again, they were like, Oh, well, we're going to maintain like, again, the developers, the people that are managing the systems, mm -hmm. whatever our website looks like, it's just what it's going to have to look like. However, right. for running, it's just going to have to run like that. Right. UX took a huge hit through this. Mm -hmm. um, now following up with that, I think 
my theory mm-hmm. is once everything returns to normal, is they're immediately going to realize, oh shit, like we <laughs> exactly let go of all of our people, and now exactly. we have all of these like functionalities yep. aren't mm-hmm. like that's broken exactly that are broken that aren't running up to like where it should be. To, you know, we need to optimize these things again. I really exactly. Think, like, we've had the biggest hit in UX, but I think UX is going to have a really big, strong up mm-hmm. when it gets, gets going again. Oh yeah. Three at least I'm hoping for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally, I totally agree with you there. And you know, what's funny for me, at least on my end, I'm still seeing a lot of people hiring for UX designers, but the contractors, you're right. A lot of them got, they got nixed. But what I'm, what I'm noticing companies do is okay, they go off and do a massive layoff of all the contractors, right? Mm-hmm. And then they got to turn around and hire those people right back exactly. within a short amount of time after they let them go. Exactly. I mean, that's, it happens, it recycles all the time. So yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with your theory there, yeah. for sure. I feel like that's just an unsettling feeling, though. As a, if I were to go after the contracting route, yeah. I just don't want to know that when things get rough, you guys are going to let me go and then come back and get. Speaking from a perspective of the contracting versus actually being like hired, like if I were to take the route of wanting to be a contract, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, if I had the choice of being contracted or hired, at least being hired, I have a little bit more safety. Okay, I'll I'll elaborate because yeah. again, I get this pushback all the time. You know, yeah. again, when I'm talking to someone, it very much is, you know, again, my my conversation is tell me about your background, tell me about this, but now we're gonna transition to what you want in your roles. And mm-hmm. one of my questions is, are you open to contracts, contract to hire and direct hire? Mm-hmm. You know, some people will be like, Nope, I'm not going unless it's a direct hire firm. What I have to elaborate and sometimes educate them. Sometimes it's a, because of like the benefits and things like that. So a, I'm telling them that K force has that, you know, ability, but then B we work in Texas. Texas is a right to work state. Literally that means that at any given point they can, you know, terminate your employment regardless. So again, anything that happened right now with COVID, they didn't like the color red shirt that you wore today. Like literally we are a right to work state. So, um, I do feel a lot of times, especially within the tech world, A, there's more contracting positions available, but so many times the contracting piece, at least get your foot in the door. Um, you know, again, a lot of our, you know, clients, they don't have the resources internally, like within their HR or the ability to A, just screen technical people. Because again, a lot of these, you know, random HR recruiters internally, um, again, they're, they're working on multitude of skill sets. So, I mean, you know, it may be really easy for them to find a customer service person, but they're not going to know the first thing when they're trying to find a developer, a UX, a, mm-hmm. you know, software engineer, a, you know, project manager, things like that. So that's why they really do, you know, utilize firms like K-Force is to find the talent that they just don't have the skill of finding. Um, and then again, a lot of times, again, those contracts do turn into permanent positions because you get into a space where now you've proven yourself, you now know the company knowledge. Mm-hmm. Why would they get rid of you as opposed to like just hiring someone else? So exactly. it's kind of a double-edged sword. I do totally get your, you know, your point though. Um, yeah, I was just speaking in terms of like, like COVID, like hearing that was just kind of like crap because you, you know, you went through, you said Southwest. Let, let go plenty of full-time employees too. It's yeah, not, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> sure. But if I'm thinking from a trim the fat perspective, I would, as a company, think, well, let's get rid of the contractors. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it just, so, de- it also depends though, Courtney. It really does. It depends on 
which positions you have in contract as well, right? Mm -hmm. But my humble opinion, none of that shit matters. If you're good, they're going to keep you. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. matter. No, so I, 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 so I hear you, but it, again, it's all situational. If you do your job and do it well, you are an asset and they will keep you. So it's all about how you perform at the end of the day. Absolutely. I mean, I can kind of speak just, I mean, just kind of speak from my own personal experience because that's what ended up happening. I, I work for UPS. I worked, mm -hmm. I used to work for UPS a long time ago and then I came back as contracted, but they were technically going to let me go after six months because that was when my contract was up. So I was just like, screw that. So I, I really busted my butt, got really good with customer relations in IT as far as like doing their integrations, building their databases. And then when the time came in December, when they were going to make the decision, they were like, no, mm, we'll keep you. And I was like, sweet. And they're like, yeah, you'll be the last one we hire full time. And I said, oh, okay, even better. Yeah. Right. I'm on a project right now, and it hasn't, uh, I haven't been affected at all. I actually brought it up in my one on one last week about, mm -hmm. uh, like, what does this look like? What does my job look like? I know my contract. My contract goes through August, um, and I asked her, and she already said she'll extend it, and she sent the extension this week, so I already signed it. So, yeah, I'm good through the next year. But I don't think contract. Like you said, I think it depends on, like, how good you are at your job. And, you know, it's it varies by company. Yeah. Um, exactly. But, yeah. Stephanie, I had a question uh, for you, too. Knowing what you know now, how would you improve the recruiting process? I think a lot of that, I'm only, like, I can only improve me. So, right, right. That's where where the struggle lies. I mean, mm -hmm. we're still a people business. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, we have we have both sides of the you know the structure. You know, whether it's candidates that are just like dragging us along or not sending resumes, or again mm -hmm. telling us that they're open for this, but once they get an offer on the table, then they're like, mm, we're going to mm -hmm. use that to counter offer with my current company. And again, yeah. just people. On the other side, the clients, you know, hey, mm -hmm. we need this person right now, but then we've sent them seven good people and like no one's good enough or mm -hmm. you know, things like that. I think the part of my job that I always try to stay very consistent with is the communication piece. And like, yeah. you do like my, like, again, I'm not the recruiter and I'm sorry, this is just how I am. Mm -hmm. I've got a small child. I don't have my cell phone on my email. I don't. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. I talk to 80 people a day, they all don't need my personal cell phone number. They can right. text me via my work phone number. They can do this. Um, but again, Everett, my consultants, mm -hmm. you know, the people I work with really heavily, they all have my cell phone. They are more than willing and able to, you know, communicate with me at any given time of the day because I know that these people won't abuse it. Right. Uh, so again, I think my process is always just making sure that I'm connected mm -hmm. and communicating what I know. Um, again, I can't tell you how many times I called Everett during the world I'm like, Hey, don't yeah. thing yet. you know, sit tight. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> being humble to the fact of like, I, I it's not, it's out of my hands, but I, yeah. mean, I can control, which is again, just making sure that you know what I know when I know it. Gotcha. Gotcha. For me, Whenever I can, I make sure that I pass along your info because of that communication that you that you exhibit. I mean, I've never had anybody to stay on top of things the way that you do. So it's it's definitely appreciated for sure. Yeah. Courtney, you look uh, like you had a question. I do. All right. Um, um, so what have been the ranges of different salaries that you've been like seeing in how hard do you go to make sure that your potential recruiter 
or recruit E. I don't know what it, what, what, yeah. what it would be considered. Curious to see the ranges that you've mm-hmm. come across. So I'll tell you, like for the UX designer I just placed. So mm-hmm. I had mentioned um, this was actually a permanent position. Um, mm-hmm. So again, we do have some clients that again just utilize our services for like finding the talent. Mm-hmm. Um, she came in. We got a range, of course, of mm-hmm. compensation, and that was for the senior. So mm-hmm. when when I found her, it was like, hey, she's not senior, but she's super talented. Like, would you be open to seeing her? Mm-hmm. So again, it very much was like we got her profile over. It was always a conversation whenever I'm talking to anybody, I'm, I'm looking at trying to place in front of a client. My mm-hmm. question is, what do you need? Mm-hmm. And again, some people give me outlandish numbers and I, <laughs> knowing the market, can't educate them. 200,000. But again, I go to the client with what makes sense to you. And again, there's always like room for negotiation, things like that. Um, we ended up, she needed 65,000. Mm-hmm. Whenever we got a range, again, I knew what she was worth. Mm-hmm. We got her in at seventy-five thousand. So Ooh. I'll tell you, oh, Stephanie, my job is not to ever underpay y'all because I don't get mm-hmm. paid for underpaying y'all. So mm-hmm. again, know that. Um, I, I think that's also like a misconception um, that mm-hmm. some recruiters get, where it was like, "Well, she's taking my no." The company's paying me, uh, you know, you're getting what you need, you know, based on, you know, the limitations that potentially that client has, mm-hmm. or again, the range. Um, so again, I would say some like entry level, mid UX, I've seen mm-hmm. anywhere, again, depending on the client, some clients pay more than others, anywhere mm-hmm. from like 60 to 80 ish in that range. Um, I've placed very senior people between like the 130 to 150. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then again, like typically if I'm seeing, a senior person with five plus years, some good names on their resume, Mm -hmm. 120 is a good par. Um, Mm -hmm. If I've got a company and a client that's needing someone senior and they're telling me they're going to pay a max of a hundred thousand, I'm going to go back and have that account manager go back and tell them, we're not going to get you quite senior. We're going to get you close to that. Maybe a talented mid Mm -hmm. or again, if you want, you know, so I would say 60, 80 ish entry, 80 to a hundred ish mid, 110 and up senior can you equate mid to the years of experience three to five three to five okay and again it's always also going to go back to when we're we're kind of specifying senior to mid it's also going to vary on okay you've had three to five years okay you say you've had five Mm -hmm. but all five of your years were with small mom and pop shops or startups things like that versus 7-eleven walmart sam's club these are all really you know, mm-hmm. prominent UX companies within the DFW. Mm-hmm. Those names clearly way higher mm-hmm. than again, your, your mom and pop, whatever shop that you created a website and an app for. Right. So um, again, my recommendation is when you are starting to look again, experience is experience. We want to get you in a job. We want to get you working um, as you're making some, some, some transitions. Even if you maybe have to take a step back, compensation or title mm-hmm. things like that but it's a larger company mm-hmm. that's going to ultimately pay to your benefit in the long run exactly um, and then again it's it's ultimately like where you're applying for if this is again a smaller company they're not going to care if you have but again if, if i send you to southwest airlines they're going to want to see a 7-eleven or this right. that on there they're not going to exactly. put in a huge enterprise environment with no enterprise experience mm-hmm. makes sense 
Really good, really good question. What is the wildest story you've had dealing with a particular UX designer trying to get hired? Like what's the hired, what's the craziest story? Okay. One of the people I just placed, and it's mm-hmm. not really a crazy story, but this is like the shit that yeah. I deal with. I mean, yeah. can break it down. <laughs> yeah. So I placed him, he was more mid, got him more money than he needed. Mm-hmm. Like, hold on. Again, he was, he was interviewing for multiple places. Again, that's part of my conversation too, is I want to know what you're doing, where you're mm-hmm. going to, where, what else is in the loop. Mm-hmm. Again, you need to be honest with your recruiters on that too. Yeah. Let me yeah. Yeah. Um, because again, we use it to your benefit. Like, Hey, Mr. Mr. Hiring manager, like you really like Courtney, you know, she's also interviewing with four other places. So if you really like her, we need, we need you to pull the trigger. So, exactly. and don't ever, you know, hide too much under your stuff because you don't want to smoke. Like we use it to your benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this one guy, we had submitted his profile to one of our clients. They had just submitted, they had just offered someone else. We got to the draw too late. So it was like, damn. Mm-hmm. Two or three weeks later, whatever happened, they didn't start. They didn't work out. Again, always happens. Um, yep. So that's why I stay close to my people. I called him back and I was like, Hey, are you still on the market? Because the same role just came open. Do you want to, you know, go ahead and submit it back over? He was like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, Perfect. I literally sent it over same day interview request. This was my one week time frame. People had an interview phone interview the next day came in, I think two days later in person hired, started as soon as background cleared mm-hmm. literally. And again, the whole time I'm like, okay, where are you at? I know we've been working for the last few weeks together. What do you have in play? Oh, nothing, nothing. You know, I, I'm, I'm so excited about this one. This one's going to be perfect. I'm getting all, all the fluff. So it's like, okay, cool. Came in super nice. You're, I'm so grateful for you. Like, <laughs> hold on. And I was like, yay, you got a job, you know, uh-huh. You're a leader on the side. And then it wasn't even like four days later he had started he called me. And so again, it's always kind of the gut feeling that you get to. I'd gotten an email during my like morning meeting. We always have where it was like, Stephanie, it's urgent. Call me. And I'm like, Oh shit. <laughs> so, so I called him I'm like, Hey, what's up? And he was like, Oh, I hate to do this to you, but you know, I got another job. I didn't, I didn't go searching for it. It was just already in the loop. And it was just like, oh. but God, you, you told me you didn't have anything else. To yeah. Do. And again, uh, like, you do have to push back at that point. Like, no, how many times do we have this conversation? Exactly. Like, you, you told me nothing. And again, I'll tell you, we don't want to do that because he's now burned a bridge. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But ultimately, like, he literally gave no notice. Mm. He's now not redeployable with K-Force. Wow. And to boot, there's a retail company in the DFW mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. that has not been doing well for years. Mm-hmm. I think I know who you're talking about, but keep going. Okay, and I'll, <laughs> I'll even throw their like colleague out. So kind of same uh-huh. like a Sears. Like ah. they fun. Oh. You, you're with me now. Mm-hmm. So in that same boat, and it was his dream job. And I'm like, duh, like have, have we have we watched the news? Have we? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to do some research on that? Like, are you sure? And I'm trying to, again, be very, yeah. you have to make the decision that's best for you. Mm-hmm. It was a permanent position versus a contract. He feels mm-hmm. safer there. And I'm like, yeah, but have, do we know what their financial standing is? Do we know right. these other things? Yeah. And I have not stayed in contact with him clearly, Yeah. <laughs> but I can imagine where his situation is now with COVID. 
so again, lesson for Matt, be honest to your recruiters. Yeah. I know interviewing. <laughs> that, that's part of your job. You're looking yeah. for job. You're not just using me. Right. I need you to know, please use other recruiters. Please do your own searching. Just when we're going through the process, tell me, yeah, uh, I'm, I've got a final interview next week with this person. Mm -hmm. This one's paying me 10 K more. Mm -hmm. This one I don't like because of this. Like I'm going to work all of these conversations into your advantage. Exactly. And again, any good recruiter will do so. And if they're not doing that, then probably find a different recruiter. Moral of the story is yeah. go to Stephanie. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I what the board is. <laughs> I had a question, Stephanie. Um, what would you say are like the best transferable skills um, that you can utilize to help you advocate for a potential candidate? So like, for example, um, you know, for myself, you know, coming out of this apprenticeship, I won't really have that much experience, but I may have other transferable skills um, that you maybe could utilize. So what would you say would be like the best transferable skills like you've seen to help advocate uh, for a, a candidate to a potential client. So it's going to, so this is where like my sizzle comes into play. Mm -hmm. So again, depending on what client, what the role is. So again, like, I don't know what, what's some of your background? Like where I work now or just in general, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I work for, I work for GameStop. Okay. So retail again, very creative environment. Um, again, very fast paced. Um, again, that might be, you know, hey, oh, me, did you say GameStop? Yeah, I work in product development. So like I, oh, I build okay. products. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So again, again, retail products, gaming, again, it would be, you know, hey, Courtney's had X amount of years experience within product development. Mm -hmm. um, she utilizes, you know, her creative skills learned from, you know, UXD Academy to do XYZ. XYZ. Mm -hmm. You know, again, it's really, and that's where like mine and yours initial conversation is going to come such into play because there's only so much that you see from a black and white resume. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get like the nuts and bolts of your experience and the things that you don't put on paper. Um, and again, we connect your portfolio to that, that resume and to that sizzle and, you know, the, the package, um, mm -hmm. you know, and again, it would go to, you know, I always like my formatting and everyone's a little different, but it's always mm -hmm. like, you know, so-and-so has this many years of experience and whatever's relevant, mm -hmm. you know, in her last role, she did X, Y, Z. Um, she's looking to do, you know, this and like always the last one's like, again, one of those soft skills, like great communication skills and, you know, eagerness to join, you know, a team doing X, you know, ability to really deliver on time projects in a, you know, stressed environment, you know, something, mm -hmm my last bullet points always like the soft skill scenario. Mm -hmm. So anytime when you're talking to people, if you can like kind of make that full picture, like, yes, I've had this many years of experience. Some of the things I'm proud of doing is like this. And then like, here's some of the things I'm good at, like whether it be, you know, again, communication or, you know, sense of urgency, you know, ability to, you know, work with team members and collaboration, those kind of things. Like the most unique things you've seen on a portfolio. Like, what's like something that you like? You saw a portfolio, and you like, you knew like, I'm never gonna forget that portfolio. Yeah, I think sometimes like I get the most excited seeing, again, like the full process. Like, I want to see something, and especially I get excited when it is like things that I've seen, like someone with like AT and T or something with like mm -hmm. again fossil. I remember like yours has mm -hmm. fossil on it. I had a fossil case study on there. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's just like things that then I could like adapt and be like, oh, I, I think I've actually seen that in real life. Like that's mm-hmm. interesting. I remember Stephanie, there's this crazy um, guy at my first job in Dallas. This guy interviewed really well. I'm talking like he wowed everybody. Yeah. Got in within three weeks. We found out that he didn't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> he was a um, he was a mobile developer. Okay. Wow. You can't speak developer. He was a mobile developer, man. And I mean, he impressed the hell out of my bosses, everybody. Yeah. I was like, okay, he's cool. Got in. And how you can really tell is by the questions you ask. The questions he's asking, you shouldn't be asking me these questions after X amount of years doing yeah. this job. Yeah. And so we had to fire the guy after three weeks. Yeah. And honestly, like, and that's what stinks like right now. And I, I thankfully don't see it that much in UX. Just yeah. Like it is what it is, but like .NET developers, Java developers, like Mm -hmm. we have to like, I mean, we have to like call them and like stop and do questions and then call them back the next day and be like, what color shirt was I wearing? Like, really? and it literally like, there's something we call them bait and switches where they'll have their like buddies interview for them. And then ultimately they're going to like send work home (laughs) later in the day or I don't, I don't even know how they do it. Like I honestly don't. Yeah, um, that's crazy. And mm-hmm. it makes, you know, a really weird yeah. conversation later. And we've had people walk off. And <laughs> I mean, we have to like stringently like interview people and like screen them before we even get to the next step because of like mm-hmm. crazy people that do shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> so with, with that being it. said, do you feel it would be beneficial if recruiters take some sort of UX course to understand what to look for. Absolutely. I mean, I absolutely think, I mean, honestly, like you're getting so much like hands-on knowledge, Mm -hmm. like from the situation that you're in now and like really seeing how, again, great, like UX, I can learn it from a textbook. I can learn it from like seeing, but like actually physically doing it and seeing how Mm -hmm. it applies to like real world scenarios and in corporate environment scenarios is so ideal. And honestly, like we had, we had Everett come out to our office and we, we do kind of a lunch and learn because again, I've worked heavily on UX, but you know, the other people in the office haven't. So, I mean, I can't tell you how many people after the fact were like, Oh my gosh, like he's amazing. Like we learned so much. Like, I mean, it's been, it's been so vital to really like feel and see and like get the understanding. Yeah. Yeah could send off these young apprentices here with some words of encouragement that would be that would be really great yeah so i mean absolutely stay consistent stay patient um again take some downtime to really like you know utilize and optimize your portfolio um keep yourself open to new opportunities on linkedin make connections i mean ultimately i just think you know, again, being aware of the market and knowing that things are going to turn around at some point, mm-hmm. like it, it's ultimately going to happen. Um, you know, it might be a new normal, but it's going to happen. Right. Um, make connections. Um, I would definitely recommend again, the girl I place not too long ago. Mm-hmm. She takes, she does a lot of networking within UX, within you, within Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. she does a lot of meetups. She does a lot of, you know, different things like that. Anything that you can do, to really just get your name and, you know, mm-hmm. face and, you know, conversate with more people, the better. So definitely reach out. I would love to talk to all of y'all in the next like week or so, you know, reach mm-hmm. out with your resume. Love to have that initial conversation. 
um, take a look at your portfolio. I'm more than willing to give you, you know, some, some, you know, feedback and things that, you know, maybe I would do different. Again, I'm sure Everett's already covered a lot of those bases, but, you know, from, from my side, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, tell you what I think as well. Um, yeah, they are halfway through the program right now. Um, from the last time we spoke, and then I'll let you get out of here. My course was six months. Mm-hmm. And after about two graduating, no, three graduating classes, we got some feedback from the students and we realized six months just wasn't enough. It's just not yeah. enough to be yeah. good, like right out the gate, ready to hit the ground mm-hmm. running. So I extended the program to a year because what I noticed, a lot of designers do not have the visual design skill. And that's very, very key. So we're very focusing cool. on the visual design and then because... I've always maintained the philosophy, look, UX is a skill you can be taught. I can teach you that. But the visual design, you really need to hone in on that. And that will push your UX skills to another level. After June, we're really diving into the product design part of it, you know, the day-to-day, and then getting their portfolio and resume up to par. I don't want to keep you too much longer from your kids, but, you know, thank you. I really, really appreciate you talking.